G'day everybody and welcome to Who They Are and Why. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, I hope you're all well. So first of all, I need to thank everybody who got back to me with feedback from the prologue. Um, you're all extremely generous, <laughs> some of you a little bit harsh, but that's okay. I, I probably need a little bit of a backhand, but really excited to get this underway and for everybody that did reach out to me, it means a lot because this is something that I want to see go far into the future and so to be able to work on not only my interviewing skills but also to be able to put this together and produce it well is really important. So in saying that, I'm excited to release this first interview. Now with these interviews, my plan was to be able to give a little bit of a backstory before we get into the interview and then just go from there. So I'm really keen to get this one out there and this is a guy who people in Australia would not know at all. In fact, not many people know him in my life, but he's someone who's played a massive role over the past three years in sort of shaping me in the way that I see the world and the way that I analyze a lot of the things that are going on around me. And one of the things that stood out to me the most when I moved to America, and particularly the South, um, was the disparity between the wealthy and the not so wealthy. And what I mean by that is just that at Wake Forest itself, it's surrounded by a lot of very beautiful homes in a very wealthy area. And you only have to drive five minutes out of there to see a lot of people really struggling. And, and that was something that was really hard for me to grasp at the start because growing up you know, in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, I wasn't really exposed that much to people who were struggling through life, people who were struggling to make ends meet and such. And so to be able to see that firsthand was something that was quite confronting. And, and one of the most confronting things about it was just that sense of feeling a little bit helpless. And there are a lot of guys on the team um, who participated in this, but we helped out with a charity over there called Help Our People Eat or Hope. And what Hope does is that it goes around to the lowest socioeconomic areas every Sunday of Winston-Salem and it delivers food. And, and this food that it's delivering was produce, it was fruit and vegetables, it was just things that families need to eat in order to have a healthy life. Because one of the biggest things is that, particularly Winston-Salem, it's one of the biggest food deserts in America. And a food desert is where there's no convenience store or supermarket within... I can't remember the exact radius, but I believe it's a 10 or so kilometer radius. It, within a radius where it's easily accessible if you don't have a car. And so Hope would go around and deliver food to these families every Sunday. And I was lucky enough to be able to, to go and do it quite a fair bit. And in doing so, it was just one of the most surreal experiences I could have. And I'm not just saying that for dramatic effect, but to be able to go out and see the smiles and these kids' faces, the parents' faces, just the community as a whole. I was so grateful to see people come out there and you know give them these food that they need to be able to have a healthy lifestyle. And it's something that, as I said, coming from an affluent area in Melbourne, I never thought about. I never really taken a moment to think about the life that I'd been given by my parents and how lucky and fortunate I was not to have to worry about things like this. I didn't have to worry about when my next meal was coming. I didn't have to worry about any of that sort of stuff. It was just always taken care of. So in this position was quite 
moving in a way. And so it got me thinking about a lot of the stuff that was different between America and Australia. And one of those was that restaurants, you always have to tip in America. Now, I was not a fan of that at the start. I was thinking like, nah, I'm just going to pay for my meal and that's it. I don't need to tip. I don't see the point of it. It took me about a year and a half, I reckon, into being there to see just how important it was to tip people who are working at restaurants and such because in Australia, the minimum wage is $18.29. In America, the minimum wage is $7.25. And that is just a massive difference. So by tipping people in restaurants and whatnot, the people who need to be tipped, you're really bumping up their salary to a way in which they can actually support a lifestyle and support a functional lifestyle. And there are, of course, times where you have some pretty terrible waiters and waitresses and you don't really want to give them a tip for the service, but you've got to think long-term and think about how important it is to not just let someone get paid $7.25 an hour. For me, that was just a crazy number and a crazy statistic. And so I started to find myself becoming extremely close to a lot of the workers at Wake Forest because they were just some of the most genuinely beautiful people on that campus and people who took a real vested interest in what I was doing. Once I began to talk to them, once I began to actually have a conversation with them about their lives, about what they did before they were working at Wake, about what they want to do in the future, about their families, about what they studied, about everything like that. And I just became so entrenched into what they're all doing and so much so that I still talk to some of the workers at Wake. Um, and, and I love that. And it's been so cool for me because there's probably people that, in America that I haven't really spoken to since coming home and there were people that I thought I would have spoken to and these a lot of the people that I met in America um, who worked there are people that I may not have anticipated that I would still communicate with when I got home but it just goes to show how amazing they've been and so one of the guys I got super close to is, is luckily enough the man that I'll be interviewing today. He is an absolute legend. He is just so down to earth and so raw and he really helped me get a grasp on some of the things in life that are really important and that being your family, that being the ability to work hard and that just being appreciative of what you've got. And I'm probably pumping up his tires a bit, but he is a genuinely great man. So I take no further ado and I welcome you to, or sorry, introduce you to my good friend and an absolute legend, Tristan Thaxton. All right, so uh, first of all, Tristan, say hello to everybody. Feel free, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Tristan Thaxton. You know, Wake Forest uh, employee. Hell yeah. Now, I need to say, Tristan, first of all, you need to be on your best behavior and not to tell many stories about me that could embarrass me. That would be really greatly appreciated. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Because I'm sure you have a few. No, I don't have no bad ones. Oh, good. Oh, well, that, that makes that makes me feel better. Um, so how, how old are you, Tristan? 42. 42, 42 years young. Jeez, you don't look it. Thank you. <laughs> you Appreciate know. that. 
So growing up in Philadelphia, what was that like? Um, it was good yeah. for the most part. Um, you know, every city and state has its craziness. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I didn't really have to deal with that too much. Yeah. Um, but everything was great. I mean. So when you say craziness, what what do you mean by that? Uh, drive-bys and burning uh, houses and yeah. you know just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I mean that's stuff that it doesn't happen in Australia. So that that's so different from here to there. Right. Because you know guns are illegal in Australia. Illegal? Yeah, we don't have guns. Oh man, I'm moving there. <laughs> you ready to come? Heck yeah. Yeah, we'll take you. We'll take you on. So coming out of high school, you know, you've graduated. What what was it you wanted to do? Uh, engineering. Yeah, and and you went and studied, didn't you? I did uh, for the most part, but then I I switched uh, my classes um, to business management because I actually want to own a business. Yeah. What kind of business would you want to own? Um, it's more or less. A clothing store. It got clothes in the store. It got sneakers. It got hats. Yeah. It got whatever you actually want to wear. Um, it's just called. It's called uh, Sneaker Villa. Oh yeah. Whereabouts is that? Well, it's actually out of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. Oh damn. But so, uh, so you'd move back? No, nah, I'm trying to bring one down here. Okay. Okay. So do you think so, leaving high school? Uh, you like you and you know everybody else who graduated. Were you all pretty encouraged to go to college, or was it you know not really spoken about that much? I mean, I did um, only because I know my mom had went to college and all this good stuff. So I was like trying to follow her. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I had picked my own uh, thing for college. Yeah. So do you have brothers and sisters? I have three brothers and a sister on my mom's side and three brothers and two sisters on my dad's side. Right. That's a big family. Yeah. Did they? Did any of them go to college as well or were you the only one? No, nah, they all went to college. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, they all went. So I can none of them didn't. You so you, you grew up in Philly, then you and the family moved to Winston Salem. When was that that you moved to North Carolina? When I moved to North Carolina, it was like ninety one, ninety two. Okay, so you were in your twenties. No, I was like fifteen. Oh, geez, that, see there you go. That that's how good my maths is. <laughs> so, how long have you been working at Wake Forest for? Two years. Yeah. And have you enjoyed that? Yeah. I did. Yeah. And now my boy's gone. Ah, stop. <laughs> don't, don't pump me up too much. So, I ain't the only one. Janie did too. I know. I miss, I miss Miss Janie. I miss the whole crew. 
I'll come back. I'll come back and visit. Got you. All right. <laughs> so, apart from working at Wake, you know, you and I had a lot of conversations about other work that you've done as well. Um, what what did what are just some of the jobs that you've had in your life? Uh, I had warehousing jobs, well, shipping, receiving, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, uh, Food Lion, Subway, yeah. um, and, and and the pod. And uh, shoot, I had a paper route when I was like six. <laughs> uh, and I uh, also had a job called uh, Universal Programs where you deliver the refrigerators to the college campuses. Yep. So yeah, that was my job right there. So what's the most amount of jobs that you've had at one time? Two. Two jobs, right. And so... In having two jobs, you know, what were the hours per day that, that you would work? Okay, I would get up at 4, because I had to be at McDonald's at 5, got off at 2, came in the subway at 2, and then got off of there at 10. <laughs> you do that at how many days a week? Shoot, I was doing that. For at least mm, almost a year. Jeez. And so, in in saying that, you know, one of the biggest things that I found when I was in America is just that the minimum wage is so low; it's ridiculously low in America. So for you guys, it's seven dollars twenty-five cents. For us in Australia, it's eighteen dollars twenty-nine is the lowest you can get paid per hour. Yeah. I'm moving out there. <laughs> You're due to come out, I'm telling you. I always told you that. You're more than welcome to come yeah, out. Yeah, I know. Um, so do you think it's, you know, the minimum wage in America, do you think it's unfair? Do you think it's hard for people to be able to sustain a functional lifestyle of, of you know, $7.25 an hour? Well, for the most part, if you are over the age of 18, yes, it's hard. But if you're still in school, um, in high school, it, it benefits you there because, you know, you're still with your parents. Yeah. But anything after that, anything after that, you need at least 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And is that hard to get? No, because I'm about to be... Well, we got our raise. Uh, it won't start to. I guess it starts this week. So, um, we are up to eleven ten now. Yeah. It's not hard because I went to McDonald's and I was making the seven fifty. Yeah. And within a week, the GM bumped me up to nine dollars. So. Okay. So there are people over there trying to you know help out and make sure people can actually have a, a proper lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good to hear. I mean, one of the, the biggest things that when I was in America, I was doing that, uh, the help our people eat, you know, the hope trucks that go around on the Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do, you know, do you know people from, from those communities that have hope come around and, you know, is, is it appreciated by the community or, you know, how, how stuff like that perceived? I'm pretty sure it is, uh, 
appreciated by the community because rarely some people in the community really don't have or can't get. So I know that's appreciated. Yeah. I don't know nobody actually that is in the community that gets that though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, we did it for a couple of years and it was really, I, I found it just so different because I, you know, I, I wasn't exposed to that in Australia. So, um, but I know some people also sort of didn't like it when we came out in a way. Um, because I thought we were just coming out for the one day and that and no one, you know, was going to come out consistently. So I know it was met with some sort of angst by some of the people. Um, but in saying that, you know, working at Wake, it's a, it's a private school with a lot of affluent kids um, who come from, you know, pretty wealthy backgrounds. Do you feel as though students there or the people around you really appreciate everything they've got at Wake, all the stuff that, you know, we're given for support and everything like that. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. I haven't um, heard nobody complain because they will come into the store and you know talk and tell me you know say what's going on, but yeah, <coughs> I haven't had nothing bad since. Yeah. Well, that's good, and I know that you know one of the biggest things I'll miss about Wake is the conversations that you and I, Miss Janie and Steve and all those that work at Subway and the pod had pretty, pretty frequently. I was in there pretty, pretty frequently to see you guys, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's cool that you and I still talk now, even though that, you know, I've moved back home and everything like that. I probably talk to you more than I talk to some of the guys over there. So I just want to say thank you, man. Cause it was honestly one of the coolest friendships that I had over in America. Definitely. Yeah. You already know. Thank you, man. So I have three other questions for you. The silly questions. You're a pretty silly guy. So here we go. Let's take a stab at them. Are you, Tristan, are you single? Yeah, for the most part. Are you, well, what does that mean, for the most part? I mean, I don't know about these girls these days. This, they're not like... The way I was raised, uh, old fashioned, you know, open the door, the flowers and the candy. So you were romantic. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah but I can see that. They're not the the ladies that's here in North Carolina and Winston Salem. I'm not gonna say all North Carolina, but Winston Salem alone. Yeah. They're not used to having a guy do that. Yeah. They're only used to guys that dog them out. So. Yeah. It was kind of pretty hard, you know, when you're trying to talk to somebody and they don't have no kind of trust in you or because of the last relationship, so. Yeah. When you're a trustworthy guy, so that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's um, like, yeah. I, so it's more or less like, all right, I'll just wait it out. Yeah. Just see how it goes. So if you could be any animal in the world, Tristan, what would it be? I reckon I know the answer. A lion. Oh man, I was actually thinking in my head a line. You're such a you're such an alpha male, such a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say lion. You want to be the king of the jungle? Yeah, man. Sometimes I do. Yeah, come on. You are the king of the jungle over there. You're the champion. Apart from yourself, though, because I, you know, you're, you're taking a crack at rapping at the moment. Who's who's your favorite artist? Yeah. Name them all. Um, got 
Jay-Z, Nas, all the Wu-Tang. Oh, I just cool. can't. Um, two chains. Um, yeah, I mean, two chains. A bunch of old school players like uh, Q-Tip, um, Busta Rhymes, Outkast, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So all old school. You did. You just named all old school artists. Yeah, because the new stuff I just can't really get with. Really. Yeah, you don't like it. Nah. No. Well, that's fair enough. I'll give you that. Yeah, everybody else back then had different styles. Yeah. Everybody now has the same style. Yeah, it's all the same. It's it's boring. Yeah, the only person, all right, the only person newer I would listen to was Meek Mills. That's about it. Oh, yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's because he's a Philly boy. Not only that, is he's... Nah, come like on, said, it's because he's he got, Philly. He, nah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's from Philly, but there's a lot of Philly people that I even say, but I say. <laughs> That's true. I'll give you that. You work, freeway. You work there. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for jumping on the line and having a chat with me. I really appreciate it. You know, one of the things I was saying is just how different I found certain aspects of life in America and Australia and you were always a massive person to help me bridge that gap and, and learn about a lot of the important things in life. So thank you, big man. And I, I miss you. And thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man. I miss you too, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you can hit me up whenever. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. You already know. Well, there it is, everyone. There is my conversation with Tristan Thaxton. Um, it was a very casual conversation, and I understand that. And, and it wasn't even necessarily meant to be an extremely informative one, but what it just shows is that Tristan is one of the most genuinely nice guys. And as you heard in that interview, you know, He's worked so many different jobs and he's actually come out with a degree in business. He has a business degree behind him. He just works so hard at everything that he does. And one of the stories that he didn't tell me uh, on the air, but we've spoken about in the past, is actually that there were a couple of days per week that Tristan would actually work 23 hours a day. And that one of those was when he was at the warehouse and he actually had carpal tunnel syndrome and continued to work through that to pay his bills, to pay everything like that. So Tristan was a guy to me who was massively important and someone that I could always speak to. And I'm so glad he was up on the uh, interview and he'd actually done an interview with me before. So um, I was really extremely grateful. So I really hope you enjoyed that. It was extremely casual and that's exactly the way I want it to be from here on out. And I have a lot of really cool guests lined up soon and thank you so much for listening in. I hope that you learned a little bit about Tristan's life and in general minimum wage and how people have to work in America. You know, Tristan's now on $11 an hour and that's, you know, at 42 years old, that's something that's unheard of in Australia. And that's a guy who's got a college degree and that's a guy who's worked a variety of jobs to be able to get to where he is. So 
it's ridiculous that the minimum wage in America is seven dollars twenty-five, and I just really hope something like this makes people appreciate what we have here in Australia and the way that we're paid. And it certainly took me to get over there and speak to people like Tristan to understand just how lucky we are with what we have, and <laughs> even things with gun control and all that sort of stuff. As Tristan said, he's ready to come over. So. I hope you all enjoyed that, and I can't wait to put out the next one. See you soon, guys.